Hey, this is Coach Cimarroni for Blood Time. Um, we want to uh, really thank the people at Anchor and encourage you if you are starting your own podcast or currently using uh, another platform in your podcast to uh, try Anchor. Anchor is a terrific platform. We're very, very pleased with their performance and their technology as well as uh, their support. So uh, give it a try. Anchor is a great, great uh, technology and platform, and we're pleased that uh, they are uh, one of our great uh, partners at Blood Time. Thanks for listening, and uh, continue to support us as we will support you with great stories. Thank you. Defense Soap at DefenseSoap.com In the midst of our current health crisis, we at Blood Time want to thank Guy and Gus Seiko and the team at Defense Soap as a beacon of our protection. Body wipes, skin cleansers, bars of soap, shower gels, and disinfectant tablets. All this and more as Defense Soap is on the front line of our protection. Thanks to the Seiko family and their team at Defense Soap. Check them out for all your protection needs during these precarious times. Defense Soap at DefenseSoap.com Hey, this is Coach Cimarroni for Blood Time. We have our very first today. We have three Amin family members on the phone from Michigan, the beautiful state of Michigan. It's the first time we've ever done this, and uh, we're going to be challenging my wonderful producer, Maverick Peters, to make sure that this happens, and I think it happens uh, so far so good. So I want to welcome uh, Father Mike Amin. How are you, Mike? I'm doing great. How are you, Peter? Good, great good. Great to be on your show. Yeah, it's fantastic to have you on here. And uh, I've got you got your two fantastic sons on, Malik and Miles. Uh, Miles, you were just rated by Amateur News number one in your weight class. And Malik, I heard you had a little tussle up uh, just recently. So it's great to have both you studs on the on the uh, show at the same time. How you guys doing? We're doing great. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, everything's going great. Great. And uh, 2021. Yeah, right. Get uh, 2020 out of here, man. It's crazy. It's been a crazy year. But uh, we have our first. I'm the head wrestling coach at Green Falls High School here east side of Cleveland. And we have our very first uh, event Thursday. So we've been practicing, uh, almost a month and a half without a, without an event. So these kids are absolutely itching to get out there. So I'm sure you guys are too. Uh, what's going on, what's going on in Michigan, Miles? Um, we're, uh, we're happy here in Ann Arbor. We've been waiting about three months now to, to get our schedule and, uh, finally got it released, uh, this past Thursday. So, a lot of Wolverine fans were really excited, and, you know, the team and the coaches were really excited. Um, it's funny, we got our schedule, I think, so Thursday the 31st, um, and we're slated to kick off on January 8th, so quick turnaround. Right. Who do you guys <laughs> but, wrestle? Um, Who do you guys wrestle? We'll, we'll wrestle Rutgers um, oh, wow. in Maryland uh, in the same weekend, the 8th and the 10th, uh, on the road. So it'll be uh, – we're getting right after it. Yeah, well, we're going to see you and Suriano coming off uh, Olympic redshirt uh, years to, to hit the mat at the same time. That'll be great. Well, you're obviously not going to wrestle each other, but uh, it'll be good to see both you studs out there. Yeah, yeah. We, there's a, a lot of uh, a lot of anticipated guys in that weekend because uh, I think they had Rivera, who transferred from Northwestern, and then right. Devon Michich, um, myself, and Logan Mass all coming off Olympic redshirts. Yep. Well, Suriano. So, yeah, it should be a fun weekend. Yeah, I was just reading the uh, amateur news. I was telling your dad I was reading the amateur news just now because we had a Jim Kalen did a, a a feature on our podcast, and 
you guys are ranked really high. Uh, you've got some incredible. You got an incredible lineup this year. Yeah, yeah. We just got to live up to those expectations and not, or even exceed them. And that's that's our goal this year. Well, it's a shortened season, so it may have less propensity to get beat up, if you will. <laughs> the season does take its toll. Uh, so who knows what that's gonna what that's gonna mean? It's gonna be a nif- different way of uh, you know getting ready and 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 uh, training. Uh, what what have you done differently this year than uh, has been in any other years? Well, I would say um, obviously I've, something I've done differently is just you know due to COVID I've I've been kind of in this constant training cycle and uh, it's allowed me to kind of take a step back and you know look at my my wrestling from from. Uh, almost a, a third point of view or, you know, an outsider's perspective and really try to hone in on some of my weaknesses or some areas that I've kind of pushed aside because of all the competition I had in the past. So um, I think that was something not just um, for myself, but the team as well, as we were able to just really hone in on, you know, a few areas that we thought as a team we could really grow. And uh, that's not something we've really been able to do in the past just because, you know, you know how long the, the NCAA season can be, and, um, you know, you, you go really from preseason a few weeks into wrestling your first match. So uh, we spent a lot of time, you know, just working in the fall, and a lot of us got the opportunity to wrestle some freestyle matches. I think we sent, you know, over the, the course of those few months, almost 30 guys on our team were able to compete in freestyle events, whether it was the senior nationals or junior or U23. So, uh you know, even though the season that the folk style season was shortened, we've we've been you know we've been working, and sure. that's where I said you know hopefully you know all that work pays off and we're able to kind of exceed the expectations that were put on us. Yeah, that sounds that that sounds like it's it's going to happen. And Malik, how are you training this year?s how, how, What's going on with you this year? Um, obviously it's just kind of it's been tough um, with COVID, but um, I think the coaches and um, everybody's done a good job with figuring out you know how to get workouts in and you know the situation isn't optimal but um it's just, it's just great what the cliff team wrestling club has been doing um bringing in partners like Bajrang and uh, a couple other guys just to come train with us and then now these rock events is also great and i i'd love i think that covid was a blessing in disguise especially for me um i was at 65 kilograms i was cutting a lot of weight and i was kind of in a weird position when i was about to leave for or hungry, but yeah. um, then COVID canceled everything, and I told my parents, I said, I can't do this anymore. I'm going to move up. Uh, I was just basically following what Miles was doing during quarantine, and right. now here I am a year later weighing 172 pounds. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's just been – training's been going really well. I think we have a really good system. Um, I, I, I don't really know what more COVID could do to us. I think we, we've kind of figured out, you know, how to adapt and um, – I think it's been going really well given the situation. So, Well, I love to hear that because our sport really is about figuring stuff out and, and providing solutions and having courage. But, you know, it's really given us perspective what really matters. And I think what you just said encapsulates that whole thing is that what really matters? You're having fun, you're strong, and you're just not going to do what you did before. And, you know, it, it, they, they say, right, doing the same thing over and over again and getting the same results is a little bit form of insanity. So mm-hmm. we're changing things up. We're, we're just figuring, finding new solutions and better ways. And we're doing that in everything, in business and as well as, as our sports. So I, lo- I love to hear that. And, Mike, you, you raise these yeah. guys. <laughs> you raise these guys. You, you must be a solution provider because this is what I'm hearing from your two sons. 
is that you're just they're just finding a, a different way, and you're a successful businessman raising these two magnificent uh, athletes. Tell me a little bit about what what that was like. So I um, I consider myself and my wife to be uh, very lucky parents, uh, in that we uh, were fortunate enough to have raised uh, three just beautiful kids, and uh, um, you know, and and you know, seeing the way that they blossomed and matured. Sure. And became, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, uh, they depict uh, what I think overall success look like. And uh, it's been a great journey with them and just raising them, you know. And uh, it's interesting because raising them, I, I didn't have any idea that they were, you know, going to wrestle. Right. Um, when, when they grew up, they were really good soccer players. They, were really, they loved the, the sport of football. They actually... That when they could walk, I got a basketball net, and they liked hooping. What's interesting is a few mentors of mine, you know, way way back, he says, Mike, you know, when when you're when you're raising your kids, just make sure they play a lot of sports, uh, so they can't get into trouble. So that was kind of right. I took that advice and I ran with it. And uh, you know, our kids all were great soccer players, and and like I said, they. Uh, they, they, they tried fencing, and, and they got thrown out of fencing after the second day because they thought they were lords of the ring. And uh, so I knew they That's were going to be competitive. Yeah, yeah, I love that. Uh, they, they, I love they that. They played some golf, but they, they, they tried all different kind of sports, and they really didn't get serious uh, with wrestling until junior high. Okay. And um, like I said, I, uh, I feel very fortunate as a father that I had the opportunity to coach them since they were, since they were 10 years old and youth wrestlers and coach their teams at Heartland High School and at, uh, at, uh, at uh, Brighton uh, Youth Wrestling Program and at TC, at Detroit Catholic Central. Sure. And even behind the scenes where they're at Michigan, we're always, we got a, we're fortunate to, to have a wrestling room. Uh, that was kind of came with the territory. So you, I said to my wife, you can have everything in the house, but I get one room. It's called the wrestling room. I love so it. We built a wrestling room with a platform and, uh, they spent a lot of time in it and a lot of stuff. They, they really kind of, um, they were self-motivated, you know, I, mm-hmm. I, I, a father and a coach can't want it more than their sons and their, and their, uh, and their athletes. And, and these guys, they, they have this internal drive that you can't teach. And I don't know if you're born with it, but, uh, it's incredible that they both have this internal drive that they, they've got this competitive nature. Um, and maybe because, you know, the Amin's are a competitive family, but, and they pick that up from their cousins and their siblings. And my wife's pretty competitive and sure. her side of the family is competitive. So everybody's competitive and maybe, maybe that's what it's about. But, um, you know, they have this internal drive that's hard to coach and, uh, hard to teach and they, and they both have it. So I, I feel like I'm, I'm the luckiest man I'm alive. I'm, I'm grateful. And the one thing we've always learned, I think as a family, and I learned this from my dad is you got to be ready for whatever and, and then what I mean by that is you have to be adaptable yep. and you have to be versatile and and I think that these that's kind of where where they're coming from going into 2021 if if you know nobody knew the coronavirus um, would be as serious as it, it became uh, right. in, uh, last year and um, you know I went back and and, and I wrote um, you know kind of all the things that happened in 2020 both good and bad and I would still call it a successful year I agree because, 100% uh, this podcast is yeah. my biggest success so no question about it yes yep so no question about it and, and I always felt like you know it was still a successful year I lost you know, a number of family members, unfortunately, to the coronavirus, oh, yeah. uh, from my brother-in-law to my aunt oh. to my cousin. Um, and, wow. uh, you know, so we had some setbacks, 
but I also went to some beautiful weddings. Uh, my nephew, Jordan, um, had his first child named baby Ava. Uh, Miles graduated from, from Ross Business School. Um, the boys got to compete in the European Championships early on in February. Miles got a silver medal. Uh, there at the European Championships, and, sure. you know, made the finals against the Russians. So uh, Malik had some great uh, matches uh, as well. And so, all in all, you know, despite some setbacks, despite canceling the NCAs, despite canceling the Olympics, I still, I still think that 2020 was a successful year. But what we learned from it is you have to be ready for anything and everything, and you have to have, you know, um, your mindset on being versatile and being adaptable. I think that's the kind of the, the choice words for 2021. I, I couldn't agree more. And you said some beautiful things too about, you know, playing other sports, but the adapt, you know, adaption or die really basically is uh, what our species is all about. And we're seeing some amazing adaptive adaptability, but I loved what you were saying too about, you know, um, exposing your kids to other sports and, you know, some of the greatest athletes in the world have played other sports and have taken that creativity from other sports into their main sport and that's the beauty of uh, what you what you did as a father. And I think also, too, uh, you know, let them have a little fun, too, because you see a lot of burnout in our sport. And it seems like yes. your kids are not burning out. Your, your sons are not burning out. I don't want to put words in their mouth. But, you know, I've seen a lot of guys, you know, start third, fourth, fifth grade. And by the time they're, you know, in college, you're like, I've had enough of this. And so it's just those two things really, I think, are very encouraging. And I, I encourage my athletes to sport, to play at least another sport, to get a different perspective and then to bring it into to that. Is that ever, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to turn it back to your son, so Miles and Malik. Tell me a little bit about that process of being raised under that, uh, that mentality and that philosophy. And, of course, also, too, having a dad that didn't do too bad as a wrestler himself. So uh, tell me a little bit about that and how it affected you guys. Yeah, I think it was kind of, you know, as my dad was saying, a pivotal, you know, point in, in our career and kind of what shaped, uh, kind of what shaped my career today. Mm -hmm. um, the big thing was, it's kind of funny, you know, I always tell the story, but we, uh, we didn't really know my dad was a wrestler um, for, for quite a long time, you know, growing up. He didn't really share with us too many of his, his accolades or show us any of his trophies. Um, wow. And the, the first video we saw of him wrestling, and he's going to laugh at this, but was his NCAA finals match. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> where he, he ended up losing. And uh, so, you know, it, it was kind of funny because the first video we saw, we you know, he lost. But we didn't really have a perspective to understand that, you know, making it to NCAA finals is – something most people dream of and you know it's such a high accomplishment so sure is. you know we didn't really have any pressure on us you know growing up as kids um and you know my my dad was and my uncle were my wrestling coaches so sure uh I, ha I had the best of the best you know john fisher was one of the coaches in our room but oh my god all of them were saying the same thing you wrestling know, they royalty were saying, you know wrestling yeah, royalty, you know, my friend <laughs> <laughs> it really it really was you yeah. know we had the trellis come in every once in a while oh to, our, to our youth program so right I mean, really, we were, we were blessed with, you know, some of the best coaches in the country. And uh, all of them were saying the same thing, you know. Uh, they said, you know, have fun, wrestle right. in the winter. And, you know, when the, the spring and summer comes around, find a different sport, whether that's soccer, football, lacrosse, sure. basketball, you know, just, just play something else. And, and I really enjoyed, you know, I, I had a lot of friends outside of wrestling, you know, some of my, even in high school, some of my best friends played football and basketball. So, um you know, I always loved, even if I, I wasn't actually playing the sport, you know, and fully participating, uh, 
I would just, you know, play it on the side as, as, you know, fun. And I think that that's kind of, even now we have Sergey Belaglazov, who's the, you know, head RTC coach at Michigan. And that is, you know, if you, that if is, you, wow. That's fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Get better than if, that. if you had him on an interview, you know, it, it's kind of funny. He would say the same thing. He'd probably even emphasize it more than I would, you know, go out, swim, right. you know, play basketball on your off day. Don't think about wrestling or, even some days when, you know, wrestling is kind of too much on your mind, he said, just take the day off and let's, let's cross train. Let's go play basketball or let's, you know, play football or soccer. And even at this level, it's crazy to me that, you know, a coach like that, it, it kind of, you know, he's reiterating what I'm saying and it's, or what, you know, my dad was saying. So I, I really think it means something to say, you know, you don't have to wrestle all the time and only focus on wrestling I think like you said it, it leads to burnout and that that doesn't mean that you sit on the couch all day and right. and eat chips and watch tv it means go and do something else that's active that's good for your body you know get and a it, workout in but, but have fun while doing it and yep that's kind of what I grew up with you know I just love being active love being outside and I think that that really did play into you know me being a good wrestler and you know enjoying the sport that's no question about it. It just gives you a different perspective. And I want to explore that too. And I also want to explore some blood time moments, um, the philosophy, the core philosophy of, of our podcast. We're going to need to break uh, for a minute to uh, pay homage to our sponsors. And we love our sponsors. So we'll be back in a minute with the Amin family. Uh, this is Coach Cimarroni. Hey, have you ever wondered how the ultra wealthy grow their real estate portfolio so fast and furious? Have you ever heard of the infinite banking concept? Learn how you can become your own bank and build out your own real estate portfolio like the pros, like the ultra-wealthy. Call Ed Knezovich or Ryan Miller at Next Level Continuing Education at 614-648-2440. Learn how to purchase investment real estate without spending a dollar of your own capital through Next Level Continuing Education, 614-648-2440. This is Coach Cimarroni. I trust you are well and about to emerge after this most challenging of years. In all that we have collectively been through, we can still find that silver lining. That said, it is my pleasure and honor to announce a rekindling and reconnection to my long time and good friends at the Montrose Auto Group. Mike Thompson, Chris Mills, and the incredible staff at Montrose Westside have afforded me and Razor, my company, an opportunity to present the outstanding lineup of high-quality vehicles in their stable. Jaguars, Range Rovers, Volvos, and a bevy of high-quality pre-owned vehicles are at our and your disposal. I look forward to being of service to you and your family, friends, company, and associates at your request and direction. Let's get together soon to discover how we may be a solution to your driving requirements and desires. Thanks so much and talk soon. This is Coach Cimarroni for the Montrose Auto Group's West Side Store. And we're back. This is Coach Cimarroni with Blood Time. I got the entire Mean family here. Well, almost all the entire Mean family, but uh, fantastic interview so far. And, uh, you know, I want to I talk to uh, Miles and Malik about uh, not only your dad, but you know, blood time means the connection between the athlete and the coach. And in that connection, in that moment, in that, that, that word or that thought or that process, you're transformed uh, into, something, into something greater. What, 
what what did your dad say your mom say a coach say what was there moments in your guys life that uh, that occurred in that in that fashion guys i'll be the big brother and talk but um cool. I, I just think when we were growing up i just um our parents were just really i wouldn't say hard on us but on the sense of kind of let us figure it out um my dad was my wrestling coach obviously when we were younger right. and we we ran we, we ran into each other a couple times but um i think that uh he just instilled that we, we needed to work hard and i mean even though i i said he wasn't really wasn't hard on us but he was um really good at guiding us the right way so um when we were young i think like miles said we played a lot of sports um and but we in reality we really wanted to know or sorry we really know knew what we wanted to do and that was wrestle and i think both of us dropped football and soccer and all those sports once we got into high school so uh, we started taking it really seriously, and um, my mom is really the <laughs> the one who hammered us to school, and sure. Uh, and my dad was for wrestling, so I, I, there was no like easy way out, one would say. So I think that uh, they were just really, really uh, good at pushing us and make sure we were the best version of ourselves. So, well, I love that because no matter how tough the father is, you always need that tiger mom too, right? Oh man. My mom, my mom is, was a lot harder on us than our dad. I'll tell you that. I'm our telling mom. you, every co- every guy, every state champ that I've ever coached, I've had the opp- opportunity to coach a number of them. That mother was always the tougher one. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. She 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 definitely is. She's someone you don't want to disappoint. <laughs> I love that. What's her name? Marcy. Well, we love Marcy. Well, we're going to pay homage <laughs> to Marcy. I love that. And I know that uh, Mike loves Marcy very much. He just celebrated a uh, anniversary, didn't you, Mike? Yeah, we celebrated 30 years um, in November. God bless you. That is fantastic. <laughs> I love it. Well, yeah. guys, I want to get back to not only that that uh, that experience with your dad and your mom, but also, uh, you know, I, was, I, I had the honor of uh, interviewing both Kerry McCoy and Lee Kemp last year. And and uh, Gabe Dean and a number of guys that uh, are at your level, or um, you know some legends, obviously, and they said that not only were their coaches important to them, but their drill partners were part of that blood time uh, moment where they just had some great drill partners. And is it, you know obviously you guys wrestled together, but is there been a drill partner guys that just push you and encourage you or bust your, you know, bust you a little bit and give you some shit. What, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, I think I've had that pretty much, you know, throughout, I've been fortunate enough to have that throughout my career. Um, you know, a few guys, you know, in high school that, that come to mind right away. Um, Nick Bennett was one of them. Sure. Um, and Mal- Malik was actually my drill partner in high school too. We were, uh, the uh, the trifecta. We all won states uh, back to back to back. One forty, one forty five, and one fifty two. Fantastic. Um, so that was at Detroit Catholic Central. Uh, but yeah, both both those guys, between Malik and Nick Bennett, you know, we we would wrestle really hard. And you know, I I, I kind of was the younger one. I was a, a junior when they were seniors, and they used to kind of beat up on me. So um, I remember that was kind of the pivotal year in my wrestling career, my junior year. Um, when I won states, I kind of had uh, had it in me, but hadn't turned the corner yet. Um, you know, my freshman and sophomore year. Sure. Um, you know, I started as a sophomore and was a state qualifier as a freshman. Um, but you know, I really turned the page and was able to place at nationals and um, win states my junior year. And I think it was because of those two guys just kind of being really hard on me and 
you know, pushed me in the practice room. And then when I got to college, it was kind of the same thing. Um, you know, I came in and I was really fortunate in college because I had, you know, a guy by the name of Jake Herbert. Uh, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Who Just obviously to... you guys know. And he was, um, you know, training for the Olympics at the time and um, kind of became not only my, my training partner uh, a lot of the time, but also kind of a mentor to me at being, you know, 10 years older than me. Sure. Um, sure. He was able to kind of really, you know, show me the ropes and, you know, my dad wasn't really there anymore because, you know, I was and I was in college and he sent me off and knew that, you know, this was kind of a time where he um, needed to, to let go and let me grow as an individual. So, um, you know, I, I kind of clung on to a few people and Jake Herbert was one of them, you know. Um, not, a bad guy, not a bad guy to cling on to. Yeah, yeah. And, and absolutely not. You know, I still talk to him and look for him for advice even today and, you know, we, we built a really good relationship and, uh, I continue to, to look for his, his advice. Um, is, there, then, is there any one thing that he may have said to you that just really rings through into your DNA? Um, yeah, absolutely. The one, one big thing that, that he kind of taught me was, you know, some of the pre-match things and some of the mental side of wrestling, you know, he, he always kind of prided himself on the fact that, um, you know, he, he might not be the best wrestler on the map, but, you know, here's one thing that he told me. He said, um, you know, it, it really is a mental battle. And he helped me with a lot of the pre-match antics. But he said, if you were to get on the mat with your opponent and uh, both of you get on a treadmill, you know, yep. who's going to be the first one to jump off, right? Sure. And he said, I'm either, I'm either dying or he's getting off because I'm not getting off before him. Yep. And uh, that's something that, you know, kind of it still resonates with me today. It's like, Nobody really wants it more than I do. Yeah. And he used to tell me, you know, before you go out on the mat, envision yourself pecking, pinning, just crushing your opponent. You know, he said he, he played over and over in his head. And I started doing that where, you know, I was just envisioning myself, you know, scoring every takedown I wanted to, you know, getting to every turn I wanted to. Sure. And uh, kind of getting myself into that right mindset before my matches. And that, that really made a lot of the difference um, for me going into big matches. Yeah, I love that. And uh, your dad was talking about, you know, just the intrinsic uh, competitive nature you guys, he believes, were born you were born with, uh, and it's part of your DNA. And I, I, m- I remember interviewing Matt La- uh, Lindlad, and he said, you know, I really never had anybody having to do that for me. I just knew that I was going to be a great wrestler. I just knew that I was going to be motivated. I didn't have to think about it. It was almost like I was unconscious about it. And it's it's an interesting dynamic that occurs at this level, and um, Mike, when you were when you were raising these guys and you saw that, and you then turned them over to the fabulous coaching staff at Michigan as well as uh, Miles just articulated uh, Jake Herbert. What, what you know? What what did you do uh, after that? Did did you just watch them or did you have conversations with them? What 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 changed in your relationship and how did you evolve as a father more than, more than a coach at that point? Yeah, I think ultimately, you know, um, you know, when there were youth wrestlers, you know, it was, it was great to be in their corner and uh, that's a blessing and a curse just depending on, you know, how, how, how they approach, you know, competition. And sometimes, you know, having your dad in a corner could, they could feel a little bit more pressure um, to, 
to have to win versus compete. And I think there's a big difference between, you know, trying to compete um, and, and trying to win. I think ultimately you, you get to win when you're competing, not vice versa, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, so I, I kind of realized, you know, in high school um, that the amount of devotion um, that needed, uh, you know, that you needed to be a head coach of a program. Right. And I, I always felt like I was better um, served behind the scenes. And, uh, and my big thing, it was the inspiration, uh, that they needed to do. I, I kind of like tried to kind of map out, uh, as much as I can, you know, the importance of goals and what, you know, what were behind the goals and some of the details that maybe the coaches didn't have the time to do. Sure. And so even at this level, we, we, you know, they have a vision board, Malik has a vision board, Miles has a vision board. And, uh, it includes guys like Jake Herbert and Andy Robat and Sean Bournemouth and Sergey Balaglazov. And, uh, you know, pretty much all, you know, it, it takes a, a pretty much community to, um, to, you know, help, um, help, help. That's a pretty doggone good community, Mike. That's a pretty doggone good community, what you just named. So I look at yeah. that, and it, it really is. I mean, so yeah. we're all kind of working together, and sometimes we can agree to disagree sure. on some philosophies and some technical um, technical uh, skills, and uh, but ultimately we need to come together um, yes. and, uh, and make sure that, regardless, we're always supporting the wrestler and the son. And so I, I try not to get in the coach's way. Good, um, okay. And, uh, and I think any father will tell you, they don't, they're not always a hundred percent in agreement, uh, with the coaches. Um, and sometimes we can agree to disagree, but ultimately, you know, we're there to serve, uh, the, the, you know, the wrestler and, uh, and their ambitions and their goals and their dreams. And, uh, ultimately so far it's worked out and I've been really happy with, you know, handing him off to coach, uh, uh, um, uh, Hancock from Detroit Catholic central and Anthony Biondo, um, and uh, Coach Beasley at, at, at Detroit Catholic Central, then ultimately, you know, to Joe McFarlane and Sean Bourmet, um sure. and Coach Torella and um, and uh, uh, and the you know the Michigan coaching staff, and, and now Sergey Balaglazov. You know, Sergey I put on a pedestal. So whatever I told him, like ultimately, yes. you know, I can yes. <laughs> agree yes. to disagree with some of the other coaches. Right. But when it comes to Sergey, so whatever Sergey says, whatever Sergey says, exactly, style, exactly. Yeah, yeah I mean, you just went from royalty to royalty to royalty, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> So yeah, whatever Sergey says, yeah, yeah. forget what I said. If Sergey says to do it, you just listen to Sergey. You just don't get any better than Sergey. Like, no, well, it's it's, it's insane. So, that's just an uh, insane uh, level uh, of talent. He's the, yeah. he's the only one that maybe we'd have. I've never had a difference of opinion. Whatever Sergey says, you better just do. Yep. He, he gets the sport. Yes, know? he does. So, he does. Yeah. He does. Well, yeah. I, 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 you Colin know, Colin Russell too. He's, he's been instrumental too. Uh, especially uh, in, in, in freestyle for both the boys. Absolutely. So. Kellen is a stud. And, you know, I just want to ask you this one thing as father to father. What's it, what's it like to watch your son uh, win a state title and then be an All-American? I mean, it's just got to be incredible. Well, I can tell you, I, when I watch both of them um, compete and uh, uh, win those titles for the first time, and mm-hmm. my dad and father-in-law and my brothers uh, were in the stands and my sisters were in the stands, that's probably one of the greatest nights of our life outside of them being born and, and you know in our wedding date so i look at that and um they just it was euphoric and then to further see uh them uh, both uh russell um in the ncaa tournament and see miles you know um become an all-american for the first time and the second mm-hmm. time and the third time it yes. was uh, it was triumphant um yes. however you know i know in the back of his mind 
Um, you know, he won a national championship and he's right there. And, uh, you know, so that was fantastic. And then I, I think one of the uh, also um, greatest moments was when we were overseas in uh, Belarus, Russia there, uh, in Minsk, Belarus, in uh, the old part of Russia, I should say, yep. um, and have them walk in uh, flag in hand into a stadium, a sold-out stadium of 70,000 people, and then have the Russian team right before them, and they're playing the Russian, uh, you know, um, uh, uh national anthem uh, as the uh, Russians, uh, you know, uh, uh, entered the stadium and right behind them is San Marino. I, I, I think that gave me chills. Uh, I think it'll always give me chills when, when seeing both boys walk out of that stadium and say, wow, you know, look how far we've come. We're not we're exactly where we want to be yet, but, man, the journey has been fun. And that's, and I, that, I, I can't that's ask beautiful. for a, a better path and a better life. That's beautiful. And I just uh, – I've seen my I've seen my nephew with my – uh, brother-in-law, he, my nephew's the defensive coordinator for Duke football, and my brother-in-law has the, uh, you know, he's he's gone now. We, we lost him two years ago, but every every game they they had two-hour conversations after the game, and you know, uh, uh, my nephew Matt Guerrero um, has David Cutcliffe, kind of the guru of quarterbacks, um, as his yeah. head head coach at Duke, and that dynamic is just so magnificent, and you guys uh, all should be just blessed to have that uh, relationship between the three of you is just, it's rare. And uh, I wish I had it. I, my sons were artists, so I was able to cheer them on in art, but not, not in the athletic field. And uh, so many uh, fathers uh, would be uh, happy to be able to be in that situation. And you guys should uh, definitely, yeah. and I know that you both all three appreciate it. And so I want to, I want to thank you guys so much for this interview. And I, I want to leave during this time of, um, you know, this interesting time of challenges and turbulence. Um, we ask guests to leave us with a word of encouragement and courage. And I'm going to start with Malik first and uh, then go to Miles and then f- uh, finish with Dad. So, uh, Malik, okay. give us give our audience a little words of encouragement and courage. Honestly, uh, it's cliche, but I would say uh, never give up and uh, just keep getting better. Uh, I think throughout my career um, – I, I kind of had some down times and there's probably an easy reason to stop wrestling. You know, I, I didn't reach my goals of coming an all American. And uh, I think that I just kept sticking with it. And I, I, I feel like I haven't reached my peak yet. So just because, you know, it might seem like the road is over. Um, it's just another path. It just leads to another path. So um, I think I have to get credit to Mr. Michi Stevan's dad, because he's the one who, uh, told uh, pretty much you know prepared me for this he he said you know it might not just be or it might not be your your style it might not just be your um oh, sorry <laughs> lost my train of thought but yeah um, it's okay. the back to what I think, but it's just on the sense of just don't give up I think uh, you know like I said Mr. Michi said it's just not it might not be your thing you know just because you're not a good folk style wrestler doesn't mean you can't be a good freestyle wrestler, wrestler. so that might go for the same in high school. Just because, you know, you didn't reach your goals in high school doesn't mean you're not going to be a good college wrestler. So it's trivial times in wrestling and there's trivial times in life. So um, the last thing you want to do is give up. So I think you learn a lot. Take, you take, you take that into whatever profession you go into. So great words, Malik and turn it over to miles. Yeah. Mine's kind of short and simple. I think, you know, when faced with, you know, um, an unavoidable adversity, find mm-hmm. your edge. Um, I think, uh, when, you know, really quickly what that means is, you know, when, you know, we're, we're faced with an unavoidable adversity like COVID, what are you going to do in that time that you can control 
that when you come out of it is going to give you that mental edge, you know, and, and you got to take control of your own life sometimes. Um, you know, when, when you're faced with something that's an outside, you know, challenge, find your edge. Love it. Find your edge. And I'll turn it over to Papa. Daddy, Daddy, I mean, what, uh, what's the words of encouragement? Well, I would say this. It said, you know, in life, you know, we're going to go through uh, the battles, the scars, and uh, all the setbacks and disappointments and heartbreaks uh, from, uh, you know, uh, goals maybe that weren't accomplished or losing loved ones. But I think our faith and uh, the love that we have for each other and um, um, our attitudes uh, will get us through just about anything to become anything that uh, you set your heart um, to do and, and go out and accomplish. So um, that's what I, I think has, has uh, carried all of us through um, some, some difficult challenges and times. And um, as, long, as long as we have faith and love for one another and, uh, and, and a great attitude, um, I think there isn't anything that the human being can't accomplish. Lovely, uh, lovely words. Fantastic stuff. And uh, the Blood Time family here, Coach Cimarroni, I, I want to wish the best to uh, the entire Amin family. And Miles, good luck in your senior year and your uh, quest to get the national title. I think you're going to get it. Um, Malik, good luck on the international stage. Mike, uh, you've blessed us with an incredible family. You and Marcy, uh, with these two fantastic boys. And uh, we, we really love you guys. And uh, thank you so much for sharing this time with us on Blood Time. Thank you, Coach. Thank you, Thanks for having us on, and, and an honor. Thank you, uh, you. Good luck to you guys, and uh, this is Coach Simrody for Blood Time. We are all blood. Love to all. Liberty Home Mortgage Corporation, for all your home mortgage needs, reach out to them at libertyhomemortgage.org or call them at 440-665-7627. That's Liberty Home Mortgage. We here at Blood Time, and of course, me, Coach Cimarroni, are excited and overjoyed to be partnering with Evergreen and its leadership provided by CEO Michael D'Aloya. I have known Michael for 20 years, and his intellect, passion, vision, and professionalism are best of breed, and an immensely attractive and deciding reason we are now a proud part of the Evergreen family. In such a tandem, I really think only great things are to come. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.